Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Today, we're officially kicking off something that we're really excited about. It's called NFL Sunday, which simply means no friends left out. And we don't want any friends of yours or even mine to be left out. And so what we want to do is we want to have a little bit of, a, of an opportunity to let people know that God is in the place, that God is doing some amazing things at Rethink Life Church. And over the next few weeks in this series that we're beginning today, we would encourage you to be inviting people with you because again we don't want any friends left out and so to give you a reminder and to give them a little invite here's what we're going to do we're going to give out some footballs all right come on I'm going to throw some footballs here today oh y'all you got to be ready you got to be ready come on y'all get your hands up get your hands up way over here there we go man I'm throwing like Tony Romo now so we're giving out, our ushers are going to come give out some footballs, take out two or three of those and put them in your purse or your pocket, hold on to them. And it's going to be an opportunity once again for us to invite some people in the coming weeks. And so, hey, I'm excited. We have, um, we've been experiencing some amazing things over the last week and uh, I cannot wait to share with you in more detail here in a few moments all that God has truly done. But we are beginning today on this NFL kickoff Sunday. We are officially beginning a new series that I've been really looking forward to. God put this subject on my heart and I couldn't get away from it. And I really wanted to just begin unpacking a very important and yet timely subject matter. We're going to look into God's Word in the coming weeks and we're going to literally unpack probably one of the most controversial, most talked about topics uh, in our country, in our culture today, especially when it comes to our young people, especially when it comes to our schools and something that's weighing very heavily on the hearts and minds of many parents today. And it's the subject of our identity. We're going to be learning what it's all about to have a clear understanding of our true identity in Jesus Christ. And so today... The title of this series is called, Who Do You Think You Are? Turn to your neighbor, look at him and say, Who Do You Think You Are? Because whether you realize it or not, a lot of people are asking that question to themselves. I think it's something that many of us, from time to time, struggle with. Maybe as a child growing up, or maybe you are around somebody that you know who really struggles with this issue really understanding, getting clarity when it comes to who they truly are. In other words, so many people are asking the question, why do I exist? You know, what is my purpose for my existence? And what is my meaning or what is my true purpose in life? Why am I here? What is my plan? What is God's purpose for my life? And sometimes we may not always specifically ask those type of questions, but I think internally we process through our own insecurities, through our own questions, really what our identity is supposed to be. So with that in mind, today, let's talk about it. Because a lot of people are confused when it comes to this issue of identity. You hear a lot about sexual identity, gender identity. You hear a lot about ethnic or racial, racial identity. You hear people often talking about, you know, stolen identities or mistaken identities. And so therefore, there's a lot of confusion. And whether we hear about it, we read about it, or maybe have conversations about it, here's what I've come to realize. I've come to realize now more than ever, especially in my lifetime, I think there's a lot of confusion because there's a lack of clarity of where our source of identity is truly comes from because the buzzword today is well you can self-identify with whatever you want to be whatever you feel like being you can be it so you can self-identify with fill in the blank whatever that might be and it's crazy what people are filling in those blanks with 
And I think a lot of it is simply because of, once again, some of its insecurity. A lot of it's total confusion. A lot of it is there's a starving, a craving for attention. But I also believe where a lot of people, they're truly empty. And they're seeking and they're searching and they're looking for answers. Because they want to know their real purpose and their identity in life. And so with that, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn some things that I believe is going to be a breakthrough for some of us throughout this series. And I'm going to unpack today why this series is important, why we're even doing it in the first place. But let me give you a little background on the person that we're going to be talking about. His name is Moses. How many of you have heard of Moses? We've all heard of Moses, right? Well, Moses is perhaps one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. Many of us, we know, we associate with Moses as being the one who delivered the people out of Egypt. They were in bondage, living as slaves. They were oppressed for some 400 years. And yet, God is the one who chose Moses to be the deliverer, to deliver those people living in Egypt and ultimately setting them free to take possession of the place that God ultimately had planned and purpose known as the promised land. But here's what's interesting about Moses. There would be no nation of Israel today had it not been for Moses. Think about that for a moment. Moses is the one who got to speak face to face with God. Moses is the one who received the Ten Commandments from God. And Moses is the one whom God used in a significant way that not only changed the history and the future of the people of Israel, or those known as the Hebrews, the Jews, but ultimately changed history as we know it today. And that's just how significant the role that Moses truly played. And here's the reason why we're talking about Moses today. Because if there was ever a case for someone who struggled with their identity of who they truly were, it was Moses. Because think about it, Moses was born a Jew. He was born as a Hebrew. And many of you know the story because the, you know, the, 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 the Jews, the, the Hebrews were living once again in bondage. They were living as slaves there in Egypt. And Pharaoh, who happened to be the king at the time, began to see this massive population explosion among the Hebrews. So therefore he felt threatened. And he began to realize that if the Hebrews keep this up, if they keep multiplying and expanding, man, they're going to overpower us. So what he decided to do is he decided he put forth a decree to kill all of the, the baby boys. And as a result, it was his way. It's kind of like a, a genocide, if you, way, if you will. It was his way to basically put an end to the population explo- explosion. Well, the king's daughter, Pharaoh's daughter happened to be out bathing one day in the river there in the Nile. And well, Moses' mother, Miriam, at the time, she was obviously scared. She was frightened. She didn't know exactly what, you know, she was going to do. And she decided to take her baby boy, this little boy that God had given to her, and she put him in a basket and basically set him free down the river in hopes, in her prayer, that somehow, someway, someone would discover him. And sure enough, as Pharaoh's daughter was in the Nile bathing, her daily routine, she sees a basket. And as she discovers the basket, she begins to realize there is a child, there is a baby in the basket. And because of, I believe, the nurturing tender heart that she had, she wanted to take that baby, and she realized it was a Hebrew. She realized it was a Jewish baby. But what she decided to do is she she decided to take that baby to herself, bring it into Pharaoh's palace, and to basically pretend as though it was her own. So think about this for a moment. Here is Moses, born a Hebrew, born as a Jew, discovered by an Egyptian, raised in Egyptian royalty, 
all of the wealth, the power, and the prestige that you could possibly imagine. Pharaoh at the time was the most powerful leader on the planet. And yet here was Moses being raised in the palace, being raised in that kind of atmosphere. Now fast forward in Moses' life as he becomes a young man, you can only imagine the kind of confusion that he struggled with when it came to his identity. He asked himself, I'm sure countless times, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What is the purpose and the reason for my existence? Who am I really? Because he knew something was different about him from the standpoint of how he was born, but at the same time, the way he was raised in the palace of Pharaoh brought tremendous confusion. There was a mixed identity. He was, in many ways, a mistaken identity. And because of that, it drove him to truly discover who God made him to be. And so we pick it up here in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. And again, this is kind of the hall of faith. I love Hebrews chapter 11. And so here's what the scripture teaches us. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born. Because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And by faith he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. So here's the reason why we're going to take a few weeks and we're going to unpack, truly discover who God made us to be. In fact, there are four things that I think understanding and discovering what our true identity in Christ truly is all about, I think will bring about four things in our lives. In fact, here's what our true identity will do. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. It demonstrates our spiritual maturity. It demonstrates our spiritual maturity. As I stated, you know, oftentimes Moses, I'm sure growing up, asked the same question that many of us ask. And that is, who am I and what is the purpose of my existence? Well, all of these questions are not only important, but here's what's interesting. In Hebrews 11 verse 23 at the beginning it says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, one of the things that I think is important for us to realize is that one of the marks of spiritual maturity in our lives is when we discover what our true personal identity is all about. And the only way we can discover our true personal identity is by understanding who God is. Because when we draw closer to God, God reveals to us who we truly are. Because when we see God and we see ourselves from his perspective, God changes everything in our lives. In other words, when we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. It's kind of like looking yourself in the mirror. You know, after you've taken a, a hot shower, you know, and the, and the mirrors are fogged up. You've ever experienced that? And then all of a sudden, once the fog kind of dissipates, and all of a sudden you see the mirror and it's clear, it see, listen, it allows you to see with clarity. And that's exactly what God's Word do, uh, does for us. God's Word is like a mirror. And when we look for truth in the word of God, listen, what may be confusing, what may appear to be at times foggy and unclear in our lives as it relates to who we are, our identity, our worth, our value, our purpose and reason for existence. Listen, when we see into the mirror of the word of God, listen, the fog dissipates and clarity begins to become more and more a part of our understanding because we begin to see ourselves the way God truly sees us. You see, the mark of maturity 
is also the same road that leads to personal identity. Now here's what's interesting about Moses. Moses, the scripture says, when he had grown up. So here he is in the process of growing. He's developing not only physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. He's processing a lot, just like we all do. But when all of a sudden he began to grow up and mature and begin to pursue God, listen to this, God began to reveal more and more who he truly was. And so at that point, as he's growing and as he's pursuing God, listen to this, he now has a huge decision he's got to make. And the first is this, he said, I I can either basically keep living a lie, in other words, I can self-identify as an Egyptian and basically live a lie and pretend to be something I'm really not or someone that I'm not, or I can truly embrace who God made me to be Admit the fact that I am the son of Jewish parents and I can forsake the royalty and the perks and the benefits of being in the home of Pharaoh, the king. Or I can abandon all of that and I can embrace who it is that God truly made me to be. And I love this. Because what's so powerful about this, it says, by faith, when Moses had grown up, listen to this, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So I want to encourage you to write this down. Because I want to repeat it, it's worth repeating. The road to spiritual maturity is the same road that leads to personal identity. You see, the closer you get to God... The more you draw to God, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself. The more you get to know who God truly made you to be. And I think there may be some people here today and it may be as a result of maybe how you were raised. Maybe situations or circumstances that you encountered in your life. It all had a profound impact. In other words, it shaped a lot as it relates to how you think, how you feel, the choices you make. But oftentimes the way we think about ourselves and the way we feel about ourselves is inconsistent from the way God sees us and from the way God feels about us. We're going to be unpacking next week in more specific detail the subject of insecurity. Because I think, honestly, insecurity is at the root of all of it. And insecurity has a domino effect. It has a ripple effect on so many aspects of our lives. Because we are, in many ways, we're driven out of insecurity. Why do we have insecurity? Because of a fallen nature. We have a sinful nature. But because of that sinful nature and because of that insecurity in our lives, a lot of people are trying to find something to make up for the insecurity that they feel. And it could be sex, relationships, it could be success, it could be pleasures and adventure and all of the different things that our culture, our popular culture and with the social media and ultimate, you know, Hollywood portrays of, hey, this is the way to have fun, this is the way to find acceptance, this is the way to to be popular, this is the way to be loved and liked and accepted and approved. Hey, if you have all these things and you do all these things, well, the world says this is how you can be secure. But it's a false security. And it only leads to more insecurity in our lives. And here's the thing that we've got to understand today. Until we begin to understand And begin to understand how God sees us. Life will never make sense to us. And the reason why is because we are made by God and we are made for God. And until we understand that reality and that fact, that truth, this life will never make sense to most people. And here's the reason why. In Psalm 139, the psalmist says it this way. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. 
Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. And every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Let that sink in for just a moment. You've got to understand just how much God loves you. You've got to understand how God sees you. You've got to understand what God feels about you. There's not a day that goes by where he's not thinking about you. You are the object of God's affection. Think about that. The scripture tells it this way in Isaiah 43 verses 3 and 4. Because I am God, God says, I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. and That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade creation just for you. Aren't you thankful that we matter that much to God? Aren't you thankful that God sees infinite worth and value that he has placed on you? He has placed a priceless tag on your life because you're worth everything to him. In Isaiah 49 verse 16 it says it this way. See I have written your name on the palm of my hands. On the back of my Tony Romo jersey I'm rocking today. I got the actual autograph signature of Tony Romo. And I know what all of you are thinking right now. Who gives a rip? And you know what? I don't blame you. Because as cool as Tony Romo might be as he's now kind of cashing on the Skechers shoes that he's on you know, commercials for right now. Because he wasn't that great with the Cowboys. But at the end of the day, his signature has really of no value. But what you got to understand is that, listen, your name, the signature of your name that God has written in the palm of his hand means everything to him. You know what the scripture also, also teaches us in Ephesians 2.10? For we are God's masterpiece and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I learned about the uh, incredible painting, and I'm sure some of you maybe have seen the movie called Lost Leonardo. Have any of you ever seen that movie, or that documentary they did on the missing um, Salvador Monday that had been missing for all of these years? It was this priceless work of art that Leonardo da Vinci had you know, had made famous. And, of course, he was one of the most um, prolific, you know, famous artists of all time. And there was this incredible painting that went basically missing. And one day, uh, through an auction in New Orleans, a, a gentleman, listen to this, bought this classic, this masterpiece, this, this one-of-a-kind painting, ended up purchasing this masterpiece for 1175 bucks. He really didn't even know what it truly was. But this restorer who got it from this auction began to peel back, if you will, the heavy varnish on this painting. Because what had happened was, is that the heavy varnish that had been used through previous restores through the years basically had covered up the Renaissance strokes of Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. And all of a sudden, as he began to peel back some of the varnish, he began to realize those actual strokes were the very strokes that Leonardo himself had painted. And sure enough, he was able to confirm and authenticate that that was the original painting. Well, guess what? That painting, known as Salvador Monday, that he purchased for 1175 bucks at some auction in New Orleans, ended up selling, and still to this day, is the most expensive painting that has ever been purchased in the history of the world. Can you imagine this? It sold for $450 million. That's a pretty good return on investment right there, wouldn't you agree? And yet here, we have to understand 
That is, that is chump change. That is nothing compared to the priceless masterpiece that God sees in you. And I believe there probably are some people here today, maybe even watching online, and you don't even know it. But listen, you are a lost Leonardo. You are a missing Leonardo. In other words, God has seen you. Listen, he's created you. He has chosen you. He has designed you. He has put his fingerprint on you. And you don't even realize just how priceless and valuable you truly are. And what we got to understand is that when God sees us and we see ourselves the way God sees us, it changes everything in our lives. You know who the most spiritually mature person was that ever lived on the face of the earth? It was Jesus. And God came to earth in the form of you and me. And I love what John 8 verse 14 says in the Passion Translation Jesus said, for I absolutely know who I am and where I've come from and where I am going. Let me ask you a question. Can you say that to be true of your own life? Can you say with all confidence and all sense of security, knowing that you are who God says you are, that you came from where God says you came from, and that you are going to the place that God has prepared for you. Listen, can you say that I know who I am? I know why I'm here. And I know where I'm going. I have a clear plan and a clear purpose for my life because I know who I am in Christ. And I know whose I am in Christ. And God has chosen me and he has called me to be his very own. You see, the only way that can become a reality is when we draw close to God. Because again, the road to our spiritual maturity is the same road that leads to our personal identity. So the closer you get to God, the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself. So if you have struggled with mis mistaken identity, if you have been insecure about a lot of things when it comes to who you truly are, you get to know God and you're going to get to know yourself. And trust me, when you get to know yourself the way God sees you and God feels about you and God knows you, it will change your life. The second thing that I think is so important is this. Not only does it demonstrate our spiritual maturity when we, when we begin to, to see ourselves the way God sees us, but it also defines our responsibilities. That simply means that when we discover who we are in Christ, we no longer have to be confused about what our real purpose is in life. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily finding your niche career, but what I'm truly talking about is the greater purpose, the higher purpose, the higher calling that God has given to you and given to me if we're followers of his, followers of Christ, that our life here on earth has greater meaning, has greater purpose. In other words, we are to live our lives on purpose because there is a greater purpose and mission that God has called us to fulfill. In other words, we no longer have to guess what God expects of me. And we no longer have to guess what even I expect of myself. In other words, we don't have to live our life just guessing and hoping that one day we'll have a light bulb moment. No, we begin to realize and discover who we are in Christ, and what our purpose is in life when we begin to understand just how important that our reason for existence truly is. God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and God wants us to fulfill that purpose. You want to know the reason why God allowed the circumstance, circumstances and the situation that he allowed Moses to experience? Let me tell you why. Because before Moses was ever even created, God had a plan for Moses. And God knew exactly what he needed to fulfill a very specific purpose that he created Moses to fulfill. And what was that? God gave Moses the perfect parents. 
who had the perfect DNA that gave him the birthright of a Hebrew. God orchestrated the details and the circumstances for Moses, even though he was born as a Hebrew, to be raised as an Egyptian. And God knew that in through, in through, through the sovereign plan that he had for Moses' life, that the greater purpose ultimately was for Moses to be God's man, the one whom he had called and the one whom he had chosen to fulfill the greater purpose of being the deliverer to literally set the people who had been living in bondage for over 400 years to ultimate freedom in their lives and to establish the nation known as the nation of Israel, the place that God would ultimately use to change the course of history. Think about that. God has a plan for you. God has a greater purpose for your life. Your identity is wrapped up in who you are in Christ. I like to say it this way. Your career is what you are paid for, but your ministry is what you are made for. And God has a ministry. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he wants to use whatever opportunity you have. Listen, I don't care what your vocation is, what company you work with, what you do. You may be an entrepreneur, a business owner. Listen, you may... You may you know, be a computer scientist, you know, you may be an artist. Whatever it is that you do, that is the platform that God has given you. And he's given you the gifts and the abilities and the talents to use those as a platform to shine the light of Jesus Christ so people who are confused can be drawn to the light because when they draw close to God, God reveals their true identity to who he made them to be. And he wants to use you as the vehicle to help them discover that truth. And so today, we got to realize that, listen, there are some huge, huge steps that many of us need to take when it comes to that road that many of us are on trying to discover who it is that God made us to be. In Hebrews 11, verse 25, it says, He, Moses, chose, and listen to this, took and accepted responsibility to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So notice two things. In verse 24, it says that he, God, was choosing Moses. So now all of a sudden, God's choosing Moses. And then in verse 25, the, the script is flipped. In verse 25, it says, when Moses grew up, it says he refused. Therefore, he turned his back on living a lie. He turned his back on living as an Egyptian. And he said, you know what? Rather than living this lie and pretending to be something or someone that I'm not, I'm going to be the person whom God made me to be. And I'm going to embrace the responsibility that God has placed on my life. Because, listen, Moses had a huge decision to make. He was either going to stay where he was in Egyptian royalty with all the perks and the platform and the position and all of the things that he had at his disposal, or he was going to forsake all of that and he was going to identify himself as a Hebrew, the poorest of the poor. And be without all of the luxury and all of the security that he had basically been raised to know. And yet he decided the latter. He decided to embrace who God made him to be. You know, I believe with all my heart, it's also one of the greatest signs of maturity. In other words, when we stop pretending to be something we're not and... We stop perhaps trying to live out our faith on the coattails of our parents or, you know, how we were raised. No, real maturity is when we own our own faith for ourselves. And that's the beauty of what we're doing today at the beach through water baptism. In other words, when people put their own faith in Jesus Christ, not their parents' faith, not, you know, going to church and you're a kid and, you know, not, not being religious, that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about owning your own faith where you and your heart realize that God loves you and me, 
That God sent his one and only son, even though we were sinners, God sent his one and only son to die for us as sinners, to pay the ultimate price for our sin, to be placed into a tomb, to be raised back to life so we could know forgiveness, have salvation, discover our purpose in life, fulfill that purpose, and ultimately live forever in our eternal home that Christ is preparing for us, known as heaven. When we understand that, we believe that, and we receive that as our own, when we establish that relationship with Jesus, here's what we're doing. We're taking off the old, and we're putting on the new. Because in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things are done away with. Behold, all things are become new. So therefore, we're putting on a new identity. And a, a new identity that is rooted in our relationship with Jesus Christ that now becomes our own. And as a result, we're saying goodbye to the past. Goodbye to the past of, a, of, of yesteryears. And what we're doing is we're embracing the new in the moment. So therefore, when we are baptized, what we're doing is we're saying goodbye to the old life. And when we come up out of the water, we're being like Christ when he came back from the dead. And we're saying hello to a new life in Christ. We have a new jersey. We got a new identity in who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what God does in our lives. He changes us from the inside out. So discovering our true identity not only demonstrates our spiritual maturity, it not only defines what our real responsibilities are, but thirdly, it decides our priorities. And here's the reason why that's so important. Because when you discover who you are in Christ and whose you are in Christ, and you begin to take ownership of the responsibility that God has given you as a follower of his, now all of a sudden what's awesome is that God's values become your values. You're no longer attracted by the things of the world. In other words, the things that people get caught up with, the things that people chase after in this world and our current culture today, hey, the things that, that most people put a lot of value in, in other words, their position, you know, the possessions, the stuff they drive, the house they, they live in, the, you know, the jewelry they wear, the clothes they have. Listen, a lot of people, they, they take a lot of stock. They put a lot of value in material possessions. Nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with being at the top of the top and the corporate ladder or having whatever prestigious title or position. Nothing wrong with all that. Nothing wrong with having pleasure and fun and all the things that everybody, you know, kind of ooze and awes about on Instagram and all the exotic vacations and all the fun and pleasure and all the good times and the laughter and the joy that life has to offer. Nothing wrong with all, any of those things. But here's the problem. If, if that's all we're living for, then at the end of the day, what good does it really do? What, what does it really matter if we gain the whole world and yet forfeit our own soul. You see, Moses had a huge decision to make. And he said, I'm going to either keep living a lie or I'm going to grow up. I'm going to disown this life that I have and I'm going to embrace who I really am. I'm going to fulfill the greater purpose that God has given me. And as a result, the priorities of my life are being shaped by the values that matter most to God. And what matters most to God is now the most important thing in my life. Is any of this making sense? Because there are a lot of people, listen, today, I talk to them all the time, who are so confused when it comes to what really matters and what brings joy and ultimate fulfillment to their life. And they're seeking, and they're searching, and they're hungry, and they're confused, and they're looking for all the wrong things with all the wrong people, going to all the wrong places, and they're wasting so much precious time and energy because they're trying to find something to fill the void, the vacuum, the hole within their soul. And only Jesus can do that. And what, 
when we begin to realize what's most important to God, and all of a sudden that becomes most important to us, now all of a sudden it gives me greater focus with my time, my money, with the people I associate with, with the things that I do, the choices that I make. Why? Because my priorities are rooted out of my values. And my values come from God and his word. And because I see clearly through the mirror of God's word, it gives me a greater sense of understanding of how God wants me to live. Because I'm secure in who I am in Christ and whose I am, who I belong to. And as a result, I am a new person. I am a one of a kind. I am a masterpiece. And because God has called me and he has chosen me, and because I am one of his, I have infinite worth and value in the eyes of God. And my life on this earth is for one reason and one reason only. And that is to honor and to please my heavenly father and to live my life for an audience of one. I'm telling you folks, this is what so many people are longing for. And it's found in our true identity and who we are in Christ. Because when all that happens, listen to this, in verse 26, it says that when he looked Ahead, he looked ahead to his ultimate reward. So what was Moses' motivation after he discovered who he was and ultimately discovered his ultimate purpose and mission and priority in life? It was the eternal prize. It was the eternal reward. It was being faithful, faithful and obedient to the very thing that God had made him to be and ultimately made him to fulfill. Which leads me to the last thing, and that is, when we understand our true identity at Christ, it also determines our ultimate destiny. It determines our destiny. Because in Hebrews 11, verse 27, it says, It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He was not afraid of the king. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. When Moses discovered his true identity, it not only changed his life, but it changed his destiny. And so often, those who are struggling to understand their true identity, they're hoping that that will be discovered when their circumstances change. If these circumstances change, then I'll be happy. If this situation changes, then I'll be happy. But what we have to understand, it's not about changing situations and circumstances that God is interested in. What God is interested in is changing you. It's changing me. Because when God redirects our lives, when God all of a sudden reveals himself to us in a fresh new way, when we begin to realize and understand just who we truly are, who God made us to be, it changes everything. It gives us new life, new hope, new meaning, new purpose. That's why I love Jeremiah 29. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Aren't you thankful that God loves us that way? Aren't you thankful that God loved us too much to leave us the way we were? You see, that's a beautiful picture of what God did when he gave Moses the DNA that he needed. To make him a Jew, a Hebrew, yet be raised as an Egyptian. Discovers who God truly made him to be. Discovered his ultimate purpose and priority because he discovered his true identity. And as a result, God allowed him 
by changing his life, changing his identity, changing his circumstances, and changing and redirecting his future, God allowed Moses to lead millions of people out of bondage and into freedom. It's exactly what God did to us and did for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And there are some of you here today, maybe you are stuck in a place of bondage. Maybe you are stuck in some things related to mistakes or some failures, some mishaps in your life concerning your past. But can I just share something with you today? When we're willing to embrace who God made us to be, the most powerful thing about that is that God gives us the courage to literally leave our past so that we can walk into our future. And God wants us to embrace the incredible plan, the incredible future, the hope and the promise that He has for us. And the only way we can experience that is when we finally begin to realize and discover just who God made us to be. It changes everything. And my prayer today, as we continue to unpack this in the coming weeks, as we talk more about insecurities, we talk about stolen identities, as we talk about identity theft and so many different things that the enemy wants to do to confuse us and to rob us from what God has come to give us, the more rooted and secure we are in the Word of God and the truth of God, and the more we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, the more and more we discover truly who God made us to be. I want us to bow our head and our hearts together in a moment of prayer. Some of you here today are Maybe walking through and wrestling through a lot of complex and confusing questions about your life, your purpose, your existence. Some of you, maybe that has been even more of a challenge because of the emotional and mental impact that maybe you have encountered in your life. Maybe you have listened to the lies that have been spoken over you. And for whatever reason, you allowed those lies to become truth in your heart. And those beliefs that you begin to believe in your heart, which were lies, that suddenly became true from your perspective, caused you to question everything. Today, what I want to encourage you to do is to dispel the lies, to rebuke the lies today and embrace the truth of who God truly made you to be. You need to understand that today, that more than anything, God loves you and He wants a relationship with you. And more than anything, He wants you to discover who He truly is made you to be. So you can live your life on purpose, for a purpose, and ultimately experience the greater reward becoming, by, by simply becoming all that He is destined for you to be. But it begins, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're uncertain, unclear about how that works or what that means or how you even do that, well, the hard part has already been done because Jesus did, did that on the cross for you. And right where you are, I just want to invite you to just to simply let go and let God have his will and have his way in your heart. And you can pray today and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can pray something like this in your heart. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And by faith, I invite you into my life. 
forgive me, to save me, to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and maybe if you're watching online, maybe you just prayed that prayer with me. Can I invite you right where you are just to hold up your hand just high in the air? If you're in the room today, just say, hey, count me in. I just prayed that prayer, and I'm ashamed to admit it today. I just made life's greatest decision in my heart. It's wonderful. Anybody else? Just say, count me in. Father, we thank you for these that lifted their hands, for those who prayed that important prayer, who stepped out in faith today to own their own faith, to trust you, to put you first in their hearts. And Lord, for others of us who've made, who may have already made that commitment, a decision, maybe we've drifted. And maybe we've allowed ourselves to be seduced by the lies of this world. Maybe we've believed the lies of the enemy that has caused frustration and confusion and stress in our lives. And it's all because we've taken our eyes off of you, God. And so, Father, I pray that today, that once again, like looking in a mirror, God, we would see ourselves focused and clear. Lord, that we would see ourselves the way you truly see us. And I pray that today, that for some of us in this room, even though we may not be, even though we may be a product of our past, it doesn't mean that we have to be a prisoner from our past. And today I just want to encourage you to embrace the freedom that you have in Christ. Jesus paid in full. He paid the ultimate ransom for your life and for mine. And he paid that price so that we would not have to live in bondage, but that we could live in freedom that comes to the freedom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. And God, I pray that today we'll put on the new identity. Lord, we'll put on the, the new jersey, that we will clothe ourselves with righteousness, God, and we will walk in the freedom that you have called us to walk in. We pray this today in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Come on, somebody, let's give God a little shout of glory and praise in this place today. Can we do that? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.